Thank you, Lord. Just just pray with me again. Lord, we uh, we thank you that your presence is in this and uh, that you have you are the word of life. That you have words of life for us. I'm asking, Lord, that, uh, in fact, I'm just agreeing with you that your Holy Spirit is going out to every listener, every viewer. That you have plans to touch our hearts. We ask for your tangible presence. Make us able to experience you during this time and, and uh, open us to, to join you, to o- open us to hear from you and be changed. In your name, Jesus, amen. Um, open up with me. Um, I just received this this morning, and I'm just kind of adding this right on front. Um, open, open up with me to Psalm 103, and I'm just going to be reading the, the first verses right up front here. And, um, and we're going to let this lead us in. We're just going to make this the gate, the invitation to the Holy Spirit to begin speaking this morning. Um, I'm starting right in verse 1, and it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, keep your finger there if you're turning in your Bible. I just want to... I just want to start talking about this for just a moment. Um, first of all, just recognize we've, we've talked about this before, but David is talking to his own soul. Okay, we have a role to, um, we have a, a dedicated and important role to, um, to be in authority over our own spirit, over our, our own heart, our own soul. And that's what David's doing here. He's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. How often? Um, all the time, right? And all that is within me. Okay, and he's saying, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And But here's why we're reading this this morning, okay? Then it says, and forget not all his benefits. Now, listen, I think there's something we're, we're doing lately as the family of God. Um, there's kind of a new concept out there that it is... Um, it's less than holy to to be thankful or to be seeking the benefits of the Lord. Um, the idea maybe being that um, are we in love with? It's it's kind of framed of as are we in love with the benefits or are we in love with the Lord? And I just want to tell you that's a false um, that's a false breaking up of what's going on here. And and let me tell you why this is this is so important to get this and it leads us where we're going. It's so important to understand that benefits, okay, are what issue from who someone is. Are you tracking with me? So it's not a question of like, well, which am I in love with the benefits of the Lord? This just says, notice the word forget and forget not all his benefits. So here's a command here to to remember to not forget something. And, and it specifically is saying his benefits, now, I want to make sure we got this. So um, let me just give an example. Um, I love the benefits of my wife. Okay? Does that mean that, I, that I'm not in love with or I don't love my, my wife? Absolutely not. That, that's crazy. That's a, that's a false separation of two things. Okay? And why can we say that? There are benefits, especially because my wife is so amazing. I, I happen to have the best wife. So there are lots of benefits, okay? But the reason there are benefits in being in relationship to my wife is because it, it issues from who she is. You understand what I'm saying? I'm in love with my wife. It doesn't mean that it's wrong for me to be absolutely aware that um, to forget not the benefits. In fact, that's what makes strong relationships. Are you connecting with me? So we've got to get away from this idea as a church that it's somehow unholy or, or it's not it's somehow improper to to be a people who forget not his benefits. Okay? And it, it doesn't just say that, it says forget not all his benefits. In other words, with the Lord there's a multitude of benefits, and we're commanded to forget not all of them. Okay, and I'm gonna keep reading here just a little bit. And it goes on and says, who forgives all your iniquities. And remember what iniquities, um, remember what iniquities are. Okay, iniquity is sort of the toxin of sin. It can be passed through generations. You can bring iniquity through your own actions and that, that, um, that are a toxin 
in your life. And this is a really good word, okay? We're starting to look at benefits. Um, the benefits are who forgives all your iniquities. Which ones or how much of it? All of it. Okay, that's good news. Who heals all your diseases. It's an interesting thing to read during a time like this when, when um, as an entire world, we're, we're struggling with, with illness that's causing us to rearrange everything. And we just read, who heals all your diseases. So is it true? What's true? Is it true that he heals all of our diseases? Now, I was going to read a little further, but you know, I'm sensing, I'm just going to stop there and I'm just going to say something. This is where we get into the mystery part of, uh, of our relationship with him, of being children of God, those who are commanded to forget not all the benefits of the Lord. So how does this work? We're being torn into a place of mystery where Jesus finished a work and the word of God tells us, forget not that he is the healer of all of our, he heals all of our diseases. And yet our circumstances have a lying message, okay? The physical is not fully aligned with the spiritual. and We find ourselves being torn in a mystery, in a, in a mystery of trust. I hope, I hope you're tracking with me. In fact, I, I can't help it. I am going to read on just a little bit. It goes on and says, who redeems your life from destruction? Do you feel like your life is completely redeemed from destruction? I'm going to guess that there are things that you are still seeking the, the full experience of the redemption. And yet, this says he's the one, the character of God, who he is, the benefits that issue from who he is because he's nuts about you, because you're his beloved child, is that he redeems your life from destruction. Goes on who, notice the word who, we keep reading who. In other words, these, these benefits that we are to forget not issue from, from who he is. That's why it starts with who. Who, um, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your mouth is renewed like the eagles. And I could keep reading. I don't want to because this is just, um, this is just the introduction. But um, we're in a series right now, okay, where we're talking about the tangible presence of the Lord. Right? He never meant for us to be a people that, that, um, that just believe with a blind faith, that are to walk forward without having actual relationship that we experience with him. Okay, now I'm going to go, well, and let me say this. We're going to talk specifically about remembering today, okay? That we are a remembering people. And I'm going to show you how powerfully, how consistently it is in the Word of God. How epically true and how concerned God is with us becoming a people who remember. We're going to see um, why that's important to God and so why it's important to us. Um, but let me just tell you, how many um, of you have experiences with God where in, perhaps in your morning prior time or, or over breakfast, he speaks something to you and it takes, um, it takes very little time, perhaps even before you leave the house to head off to work or, or whatever you do, you've already forgotten that word. Are you tracking with me? Or you're already living in a different way than that, than that word was impressing upon you what the Lord wants to do in this day, this day that the Lord has made. Um, I hope you're relating with me. That's, that's um, what I want to tell you as we even just get started, okay, is that um, the scheme of the enemy is to make us forget, okay? Make us forget what? Make us forget who he is. Make us forget that he's, he's good. You know, if I, I say the Lord is good, it's, hopefully some of you are, are yelling at your TV all the time. I'm seeing the crew here mouth that all the time, right? When's the Lord good? All the time. But listen, the scheme of the enemy is to make us forget so that we live in such a way that the character of God, the tangible presence of God in and around our life is poisoned, is marred, that we live in a way that that's not true. In fact, how often, do you know, um, now I'm getting myself in trouble. Do you know that, um, 
that far too often we actually ascribe evil to God and we actually think that we're doing it, that, that it's noble or it's holy that we do this. Are you hearing me? Have you heard anybody during this pandemic season, have you heard anyone say that the Lord has brought this upon us to teach us something or to, to steer us in a new way? Well, I want to tell you, that's ascribing evil to the Lord. The Lord does not cause pandemic. So our task is to well, task. No, no, no. <laughs> the Lord is drawing us to, to a place where, where we remember his character. And that is, that is what's most powerful. The enemy is ever working to make us forget who he is and that he is executing good. He is only, he is only the executor of good. So I'm going to jump into the scripture now. Um, jump into Luke uh, chapter 24. And um, we're I, let's see, we're going to start right in verse 1, just at the beginning here. And yes, we are still, we are still talking about that 40 days. So we're right back at, at resurrection Sunday when the Lord defeated death and rose from the dead. That's where we're at here. But we're going to pull something new. Okay, and here it says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they'd prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now listen, keep, we're going to keep reading, so stay right there. But I want you to notice that there are circumstances going on here. In fact, not just any, really powerful circumstances. Um, as far as in their mindset, the Lord has, has been crucified. He's been put to death. Now, I want to suggest these are f forgetting agents. Are you tracking with me? This is part of the scheme, and the enemy is, I'm sure, in this moment, he's delighted with himself. In fact, we're going to see it in a moment. He's created circumstances that absolutely lie about what's true in the spiritual about what about what we are to hold on to in the spiritual reality which is far superior to the physical realities are you following and so the, here's forgetting agents forgetting agents in the circumstances okay it reads on and it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that behold and now i'm going to stop we talked about this before i just have to touch it again Greatly perplexed. They're seriously confused. Okay, are you following me? Why? Because they are not remembering, and I'm going to show you this in a moment, they're not remembering the words of the Lord. Do you know, and connect this to your life. He is speaking words over you all the time. Why? Because he promised his presence would never leave you. He's delighted in you that much. He's always speaking. Remember, the question is, are we aware? Are we, have we awakened the spiritual organ so that we are, having, um, we are having that continuous relationship with him? Okay, so they're greatly perplexed about this. That uh, greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then... As they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but risen. Now they're starting to talk about the spiritual reality, right? And it says, this is what they say next. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Verse 8, and they remembered his words. Now look what happens next. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. And the story goes on. I just want to show you that, that the, the angels here, these, the ministering angels in these circumstances are recognizing one thing. They've, they've forgotten. They've forgotten words that the Lord has spoken to them and, and it requires a uh, reminding. Do you know that you require reminding? Why? Because we're, listen, we're in this warfare. The enemy does have a scheme to make us forget. And remember, forget what? The, the character of God, who he is. 
to make us believe um, there is some superseding reality over the reality of who God is for us, how God executes good and good only. So keep moving with me. Um, this is what we're going to do. You know, I tell, I tell you guys this all the time, and, and I'm so thankful that some of you hold me to it, and, and um, it, it delights me that you do that, because I tell you, we should always be able to find epic themes in the Word of God. Um, it, not that there, there isn't, listen, it's not that there isn't truth in the way God speaks to you in one singular passage, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But it is when we find an, um, a theme that runs through the scriptures, we are getting to the, to the depths of the character of God, okay? And so what we're going to do, we're going to go back into some Old Testament scripture, here, okay, and I'm going to show you how epically true, how core to what God is concerned about this concept of remembering is, and it leads us into, into mind-blowing places. At least it does for me. So I want you to go to Exodus chapter 13 and verse 3, and I'm just going to begin reading. And Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you went Okay, I'm sorry, let me try that again. Moses said to the people, remember, now remember what? This day, what day? Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. Now, listen to me. If, (laughs) here's what we've got to get. If the people were remembering this, Moses would not have to say, remember this day. What day? Remember the day the Lord brought you out of Egypt. If that was a super, um, if that was a, an, an overpowering belief that was guiding their actions in that moment, are you following me? Then there would have been no need for Moses to say, remember the day that he took you out of Egypt. Now, Track one step further, because it's something you got to pull out of here. It's not just, why, let's do this. Why is he saying, remember that day in particular? Because, um, is it, um, is it because of the circumstances or what's important? Now I'm going to tell you, it's what it is. See, these are the benefits of the Lord being brought out of bondage <laughs> by the, by the, the strength of the Lord's hands. Those are forgetting not all his benefits, Okay, but so what is this? Remembering that is putting them in touch with who he is, with the character of God. Are you following me? So he says, remember that. Why? In other words, remember who he is. They must be, and and I'm purposely not going into all the circumstances uh, and so forth. um, There must be need to be reminded that who the Lord is always supersedes the circumstances. Okay? Who is he? He's the one who brings us out of bondage. <laughs> Can you remember your pre-Jesus life? Can you remember how he brought you out of bondage? Now listen, it's so important to have these testimonies in our life. Why? Because it, and I'm going to show you before we're done, how important that you have these tangible moments of the redemption of the Lord because it is, it is the freedom to move forward into a future where who he is supersedes any scheme of the enemy to set up a circumstance over our life that lies about reality in the stretch of that mystery. Okay, go with me to Numbers 11. This, in my opinion, this gets only better and better. Um, what we've got, what the Lord's laid out here. Numbers 11, uh, verse 4. And here it says, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. <laughs> now, now, listen to me. As long as we're as long as we're talking a little bit about the warfare in this in this battle to what have intimate relationship with the Lord, right? What He wants because He loves you like that. Notice that I I, I just want to propose to you that intense craving, okay, is forgetting agents. 
Now, I'm going to show you that as we read on in the passage, but just gather that we, he got, the Lord has purposely made us a people who have intense cravings. Do you know that? I know you're tracking with me now. You have intense cravings, and it's not a mistake. The Lord made you that way on purpose. Why? Because you're made for relationship. You're made to have intense craving for his presence, for relationship with him. But here it's saying they were yielding to other intense cravings, okay? It goes on and says, So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? Now listen to verse 5 very closely. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks. I think their mouths are watering as they're, as they're saying this. Uh, the onions and the garlic. That, that's where you would have got me. I'm a garlic fan. But it would, it would be a shame to forget all the benefits of the Lord over garlic. As much as I love garlic. But, but that, that is what we're reading here. Listen, you do remember something. Now, I've got to pause and tell you kind of the meaning of the word remember, because this, um, this is not remembering like, uh, well, <laughs> here's an example, remembering like, oh, yeah, it's Mother's Day. I've got to call mom. Oh, yeah. This word remembering is more than, oh, yeah, I remember that. This, is, this word really means to recognize, to acclaim, to live according to, re- remember it, re- revere that. Now, listen, you, ought, you do remember something. In this passage, they are remembering, they are, they are creating, let's call it idolatry, because that's what it is. They are creating a remembrance of physical things and allowing it to supersede remembering the Lord. That's part of the scheme of the enemy. In other words, what are we saying? The enemy exploits when we remember or recognize something as superior to the spiritual reality, the relationship that we have with him, remembering the Lord. Lord, help me with this. I hope that's making sense to you. Remember, it goes on verse six, but now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep moving. Go a um, couple chapters forward, Numbers 15 and verse 37. We're going to start there. And, and let me tell you before we start into this one, this more so than anything else we're reading in this background of how critical it is that the Lord, the Lord wants us to be remembering people, remembering who he is, no matter how we're lied to, by the stretch of mystery, by our circumstances, this passage just just lays out how epically true this is. So um, if I haven't given it to you yet, it's Numbers 15, verse 37. And it says, Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. Now stay there, but here's what, we're, here's what I have to tell you. So in other words, what is this? For some reason, it's important enough to the Lord to tell them to, to make a garment that has tassels on the four corners. Now, in case you're not aware of this, you may think of the book of Revelations where the Lord sets angels on the four corners of the earth. Or In their culture, they well understood the four corners. Or the, we have it in legal things, the four corners of the document. In other words, listen, it's, um, it's, it's all-encompassing. In other words, we're about to get set up. I'll tell you what we're going to see before we see it. It's... It's the idea that the presence of the Lord, and we're talking about tangible presence because we remember that, that the presence of the Lord is around us. It's the covering over us. It surround, or surrounds us. It encamps in, in around us. It goes, it goes with us. So they wear this garment that, that symbolizes that I am completely enshrouded in the, in the presence of the Lord. I'm remembering him. Now, notice it has a blue thread. I have to tell you about this. What's the blue thread? What are we completely surrounded by here that the Lord is commanding for them to do? 
the bl- the blue thread in their culture okay they they took a blue dye from a particular oyster and it was the garments of the priest it was the royal color of blue and in this command to them the lord is saying put through these four tassels on the four corners of your garment the the thread of royalty in other words what being listen being convicted of who you are because of who he is okay so you are you are surrounded by your royalty as a beloved son of god beloved daughter of god um read on with me Verse 39 goes on and says, and you shall have the tassel. Now listen to me. That looks like a very insignificant sentence. But think of the peculiar nature of those words. And you shall have the tassel. (laughs) Now listen, as we read on, it it may begin to look like, or it, it may begin to look as if the Lord's trying to heap laws or commands onto their head. Or what does this mean where he says, you shall have the tassel. How peculiar. Listen, in other words, he loves them so much and he loves you like this. This is a physical picture of your spiritual reality. He loves you so much that he wants you to have this gift. Are you tracking with me? It's, that's a blessing statement, not a lawful statement. That's a statement where he says, I delight in you so much that you shall have these tassels. Are you checking? In other words, um, you shall have the assurance on your four corners, completely surrounding everything in your realm, everything that is yours, everything put under your authority, your entire life, completely surrounded. You shall have the assurance of your royalty surrounding you. If I read on, okay, and and here's where we connect. If I read on, it goes... um, Actually, I'm going to start at the beginning of 39 again, just so it tracks. And it says, and you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you may not follow the harlotry, listen, or the idolatry of remembering something else. Are you following? The that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. I want you to hear that the the enemy's schemes that w- in a in in a world that's fallen there's an inclination in which the Lord says you shall have my presence you sh- you shall have reminder of your royalty that supersedes the inclination to remember other things. Verse forty goes on in that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy for your God. Um, just before I move on, we're going to read verse 41, but just before I do that, um, let me just say, it's, it's very easy to get off track that, that it's saying commandments. And I want to tell you how they understood that they, they were law people. Okay. Because God, God established that culture. He's a God of law, but listen, why commandments, they understood, you know, their law was the first five books. Okay. The Torah. So, in other words, when, when you see the word commandments, the thing to understand is all the words that the Lord has, has spoken. All to you, over you. That's what this is showing. All the words of the Lord over you, that your, your royalty and the presence of God, the awareness of that is the reminder so that what? We, we live according to the words that he speaks over me not the idolatry of other words that speak over me and finally verse 41 is so significant it says i am the lord your god and so what are they remembering who he is it always supersedes the stretch or the the mystery of of the of the enemy's schemes to make us remember something else we're going to make this very practical before we're done, but it's a who. We're remembering who. I am the Lord your God. Now look at this. This is so significant. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt. There it is again. Who is he? He is the one who brings you out. He's the one who makes you free to remember him. But but this, to be your God. So what'd that say? Who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You know you're brought out. 
You're, all of us are born in the fallenness and we're brought out. But for just anything, I love this, but the Lord just blazed this out as I meditated on this this week. And it says, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Now listen to me. Why is that so significant? Why is he bring you out? What are we to remember? Why is he bring you out? He brings you out for a specific reason. And it's because he delights in you so much that it is his intense desire to be your God. It is his delight in you to be your God instead of all these other things. And it is remembering that positions us, remembering who he is. This, this ends the same way. It ends with saying, repeating, I am the Lord your God. You see, remembering who he is, his character, no matter what circumstances scream into it, is what positions us to stand in our, re, our uh, royalty as the beloved of God. Are you following me? I hope, I hope you're just receiving this as good news. I really do. I know I'm being, I'm digging hard. I'm being very scholarly, but um, this is really good news and I hope that that's how it's coming to your spirit. Okay, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna read uh, one more here. Um, actually, that, I shouldn't say that because I never just read one more, do I? <laughs> but move on to this one more, Deuteronomy um, 5 and verse 15. And I'm just, I'm just showing you that he's making us into a people of remembering. And it's not one instance. It's continuous in his dealing with the, the chosen. You're chosen. You're accepted. You're the royal chosen people of God. And this is how he relates to us. Here it says, And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And some of you probably remember our rest series not that long ago. And, and I just want to connect, for the purpose of this message, I just want to connect that, that remembering who he is, and so therefore who it makes you, means you get rest. Now watch this. Go to, go to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 17. This is where it gets good. I hope you think it's good already, but I got to tell you, this is where I think it gets good. Here it says, if you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? Now I know that's weird. So it's weird language. So let's look at that. In other words, what's that saying? Help me, Lord. If you should say in your heart, these nations, now let me tell you, these nations, you can put in there, this plague, um, the economy, the hardship, whatever it is in your, in your life, the loneliness, the losses I've experienced, the losses I anticipate, anything that is not of the character of the Lord, okay? The enemy, the foe, the schemes of forgetting. Are you following me? If, in other words, listen, if you get to the place that what you are saying in your heart that is that there is something greater than who God is over my reality. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is where I wish I had your faces. I really need to know that you're tracking. So I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to kind of say this again in a different way. This is saying, I'm going to read it again. If you should say in your heart, if you get to your place, get to the place where the message of your heart is that these nations or whatever hardship, whatever lie about reality are greater than I. The royalty surrounded on four corners, the, the very royalty of the family of God. How could anything be greater than you? If the Lord is with us, who can be against? That's what this is about, right? But if you get to the place in your heart that that is not your superseding reality. If I am the Lord's, who can be against me? Then what? Then it goes and says, how can I dispossess them? Now listen what that means. The word dispossess really more strongly than the way it's translated, it means to occupy. Now you know in the physical picture, occupying particular land is a big part of the story, if you didn't notice. So, and listen, that's the same thing going on 
in your life. Do you know it's a physical picture of, of your spiritual journey, okay? And there's land, there's spiritual land for you to possess. So in other words, listen, what's this saying? This is saying, how can I quit occupying the wrong land when my heart is starting to send messages that there is something superior to who God is to me, his character, his nature, the reality of being a child of God, something superior. How can I quit occupying that place and begin to occupy the place of reality that says, you can't touch me, I'm royalty. The work is finished. The circumstances might lie, but I remember God. I remember his character. I remember who he is. Are you tracking? And this is what it says. <laughs> Listen now. It doesn't get any better than this. You can't make it up. Verse 18 says, okay, well, let me back up. How can I dispossess or how can I quit occupying? Here's the answer. You shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. What's going on there? I love that the word well is thrown in there. Not just, don't just remember, remember well. <laughs> this is not just an oh yeah. How do we, oh yeah, I remember who the, who the Lord is, it's God. No, but that's not it. It's remember well. What is the character of God that always supersedes every day of your life? No matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what circumstance lies about his character, remember well, who is he? And what is this saying? That, um, that those in charge, those put into the attack over you, your family, your business, whatever, and, and those that seek to place bondage, what, what bondage? The bondage of forgetting, <laughs> of, of being willing to live a reality that is less than the superiority of God is what this is saying. And do you know what else this says? Do you know why it is so important to have something to remember? And not just something, why it is so important. When I say something, I'm speaking of tangible experience. This is tangible. They were actually released from Egypt. It was actually accomplished by a mighty hand. And he means to have a relationship actually. That's why I say something to remember. Obviously, it's not something, it's someone but it's important for this reason. What this passage just told us and what I can tell you is absolutely true is that remembering is the freedom to not live by the bondage. That's it. It is, it is I don't mean to mock, but it is actually that simple. <laughs> Thank you, God. It's that good news. Remembering, remembering, acclaiming, Acclaiming that. How do we, in, in this 40-day, in the learning curve of getting into intimate, actual, tangible relationship with the Lord, um, how do we get through that learning curve? Well, I want to tell you one, one thing that is very clear in the Word of God, and I'm going to show you how important to Him in just a moment. But remembering is the thing that frees us from all our fears. Remember this, verse 18 started out, you shall not be afraid of them. That's how it started. How do I quit occupying here and I occupy here instead? Well, here's how. First of all, you don't be afraid of them. Well, that begs the question, well, how? Well, you shall remember well who the Lord is. It is always who he is, is always superior. The Lord is good all the time. I hope you just yelled it at your, <laughs> your TV. Okay. You know, church, we owe people an experience with God. We, listen to me, we are the people who, ha, who are, to, we're the people of, of the presence of God. It's, it's actually a crime when we as the church are remembering other things more strongly than we remember the superiority of our God. Are you tracking with me? Um, what do we entice, what kingdom do we entice people into? If, what, if we have something other than God as the superior thing that we remember, that's a pretty pathetic representation. Do you know that it is our privilege as the royal children of God to represent his character, his ability, the strength of his mighty arm, who he is to this world? That is our privilege. 
as the royalty of God. And we give up our privilege when we let physical circumstances become the standard of our belief for who he is. We steal the witness of the presence of God that we are to carry to this world. There it is. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to go to Deuteronomy. You know, we're going to do this just a little bit more um, before we do something very powerful together. Go to Deuteronomy 8 and verse 1. And here... um, It says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. Listen, why does he do that? Because he delights. It was always his intention that the law would be written on our heart. In other words, it would spring out of who we are because we know him and it's made us who we are. Okay? It's blessing. It's for blessing that he speaks words over. Okay. I had to do that. It goes on, that, well, and here here it is, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. You got it? You got it? How do we, how do we quit occupying here and occupy here? I, occupy where the Lord is what we remember. He's what we acclaim. He's the reality we live by. Anybody want to possess the land? Verse 2, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. That actually means prove you. Uh, I wish we could talk about that, but we won't. Um, What I want to point out, though, is this is making very clear that as we remember him, one of the things that is very practical. I'm telling you, the Lord is calling me to make this series practical. And here's the thing. It just said, What do we remember? You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years. In other words, look, what do we remember? Our experiences with him, our journey with him, the fact that he does actually meet us on the road. The the tangible presence of the Lord is so important. Um, We're we're called believers because we're supposed to believe. (laughs) There's supposed to be, there there is supposed to be tangible presence of God in our lives and, and in such way that we, that we can't deny it. And I want to tell you this. Now listen to me. I'm to tell you this. There is tangible presence of the Lord in that way in your life. There is. The question is, is are, are we aware of it? Do we remember it? Do we exalt, acclaim, live by that reality? Or are we more stuck in the cravings of this place? More in tune with the reality. What's your superseding reality? And I think I should keep reading here. I think there's gold. So um, verse 3, it goes and says, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Now listen, that he might make you know that man shall not live on bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Do you recognize that that is the statement Jesus uses to defeat the enemy during his temptation in the wilderness? Do, do you see that? It's important to recognize. And so what? what? Why is it important to recognize? Because look, we're talking about a warfare where the enemy is, is ever trying to make forgetting agents. He is ever trying to author circumstances in your life that make you forget, doubt, deny the character of God, who he is and who he is in intimate relationship with you. Not who he is out there, but who he is with you in relationship because he delights in you. The enemy authors that, but, but what? The, the very same sentence occurs in this passage that Jesus uses to have victory in that warfare. What's the warfare? The warfare is that the enemy cannot disturb your communion continuously and without ceasing your communion with God. Is there anything else? <laughs> is there any circumstance any challenge, any trial, anything that this, that this physical world creates that does not align 
with the truth of who God is that should be able to supersede his desire to have this intimacy with you. And what does it say? But, but man lives by every word. Listen to me. Words of God. What are words of God? Words of God are, are he heals all your diseases. Forget not any, I'm just going to read this again. Um, here it is. Um, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I'm in verse 2 again of Psalm 103. And forget not all his benefits. In other words, forget not who he is. It's okay to love the benefits of your intimacy with him because you love him and because he's with, with you. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Listen, as disease sweeps our world, it lies about the character of God. The work of Jesus is finished, and that's it. We're a people who believe the work of Jesus is finished. Now listen to me, I'm not saying deny the physical realities. That's, um, there, there are sects, you know, there's, there's divisions of the Christian faith out there that have done that, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying to, to be ignorant. I'm not saying to, some of, some of you are suffering. Some of you have lost family members to this thing. That reality's there. I'm just telling you, there's a superseding reality, and the Word of God never fails to deliver His goodness. And we're the people who believe that no matter what happens, no matter what circumstances lie about the character of my God, <clears throat> I believe in who he is. I remember who he is. He's the God who heals all our diseases. I'm the one who's going to stand in the face of what lies in this world about his character, and I'm going to tell people my God is good all the time and he is going to fulfill his word that he heals all diseases you're going to see your loved ones again <laughs> if you're ailed with it now <laughs> you're going to be well again when your faith is in jesus christ he heals all our diseases period i know that because i know him and it says that right here that's a superseding reality <laughs> Are you tracking with me? I'm a little, I am in a good, I am in a good mood today. It probably looks like I'm angry, but I, I've been encountering just various things I'm hearing people say, and I've got to tell you, I think it's the scheme of the enemy to make us think that, that um, not only that we should, we should be a people who forget not all his benefits and acclaim that message about him and his character and live, have the peace to live that way. Are you tracking? We, we get that. We get that rest and nothing gets to lie about that. No, the Lord is, the Lord is not the author of evil. He's good. He's good. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Deep breath and we'll just move on here a little bit. Next thing I'm going to do, this has to take us to Jesus actually. Or um, I'm just going to put out there, we're, we're wasting our time. Um, there's, I have no interest in staying in the cerebral. Does anybody want to have an encounter with him today? So we got hands up in here. I love that. Okay, I hope you raised your hand at home. Um, go to John uh, chapter 14 and verse 25. We're going to look right at Jesus' words, and I'm going to show you how important it is to him that we're remembering people. And that remembering is what positions us to be free from bondage and free to all his benefits because of who he is. So here it is, verse 25, Jesus speaking, says, These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now listen, I'm going to read verse 27, but just before I do, it's so important to notice here that, that um, it is so desperately important to him that we remember more strongly than we remember anything else. We remember who he is. That he sent himself in spirit to be our helper to remember. 
You've got to gather that. We've seen the epic theme all, all through the Old Testament. How do we have tangible experience with him? Well, I want to tell you something. He's reminding you stuff all the time. I didn't say you're awake to it. I hope that you are. I pray in the name of Jesus that you are awake to the Spirit reminding you, reminding you, reminding you in the face of a lying world. But it meant that much to him. <laughs> Do you get it? I hope what I'm saying is making sense. It was so important to him that in, now we're in the New Testament, we're in the finished work of Christ, and it was so important to him that we are remembering people that he literally said before he accomplished and finished that work, he said, I send the helper, the Holy Spirit, who will what? Teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. In other words, what's important to remember? God is speaking words over you. God has words for you. They're your covering. It's your four tassels of royalty. He has an intimate conversation with you. And it's so important to him that you don't miss that intimacy with him, that he sent himself in spirit, that the, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, one of the primary roles is to remind you the words that the living God who delights in you speaks over you. Wow, <laughs> that's good news. That's good news that invites us into a tangible relationship. Not something mysterious that we hope to experience someday. Tangible relationship. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of begin wrapping by showing you one more thing. Right next in verse 27, okay, this connects back to the exact thing we saw in an Old Testament passage. Verse 27 says, um, and, and you got to recognize this is, this is um, in order. This is so it says he will teach you all things, the Holy Spirit, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Then it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Do you see the exact same connection? Listen to me. What's what is the freedom from the bondage of this world, from the tyranny? of having to live as if Jesus is not alive, as if he's not delighted and with you, present with you. What's the, what's the freedom, peace, the shalom, the completeness, the four tassels? How do we get that? We remember. <laughs> so, um, you know, here, here's the final wrap because I, I want to have time. I want to have time to, to have an experience. So, um, in the, uh, if we go two chapters forward in the Gospel of John into chapter 16, um, and let me see, um, to verse um, 12, okay? This is Jesus basically, actually, I suggest you go and read verses 5 to 15. That's your homework assignment, should you choose to accept. But I'm going to start in verse 12 because I want you to see this is, he's repeating, it's so important to him, in the same gospel, he's repeating exactly the same thing. I'm sending you a, a helper. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to help you with this, with this remembering. And here in verse 12, it says, um, I still have many things to say to you. Okay, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I can't help it. I just can't help it. I still have so many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, he, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. It's so important to get that. In other words, listen, tangible relationship. Jesus did not stop speaking when he ascended and sat down at the right hand of the father. He just barely got started. <laughs> That's what this is saying. I'm just getting started here, people. <laughs> I got things to say to you. Because I delight in you and I want intimate relationship with you where we talk and where I, tell, where I give you the words of life. Not just print them in a book, but write them on your heart. Daily, I give you the words of life. That's what this is saying. And the Spirit is given so that we have, we have the tangible, the audible voice of the Lord written on our heart, the words of life. Okay. I really got to stop or we'll just start doing a whole nother sermon right here, right off of that. But um, so let's move on. And this, this is why we're here. It says, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Now here it is. He, the Holy Spirit, 
will glorify me, Jesus, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now listen to me. What do we remember? What is this intimate conversation we have? This is supposed to be our experience daily. I'm just putting it out there. What's the experience? That the tangible presence of the Spirit will speak the words of the Lord in order to what? In order to give what is Jesus's to you. Oh, I hope you got it. What is Jesus's? Everything. In other words, what? He wants to give you everything. He wants to give you everything. And the spirit of truth, the part of the role here, it is so important to him that you remember who he is. He is the God that's so delighted in you, that so, that so, gen, so desperately wants to give you everything because he loves you like that, that he's granted the spirit to remind us of his character, who he is, who he is to you personally. You got it? So now listen, here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, I invite you to just um, to take a posture of receptivity. I don't, I don't care what that is, whatever works for you. Um, and, and I'm just going to invite you to pray with me for a minute. And I, I invite you, if, if you want to open your palms up or if you're more comfortable, but take some deep breaths. And I'm going to begin to pray in a moment. We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come in presence. And we're going to ask him some things. And we're going to believe him when he says he sent the Spirit to speak to us so that we can have what is Jesus's. Okay? Lord, we invite you now. Holy Spirit, we ask you to calm and tangible presence. We're just going to quiet ourselves before you. And we're going to believe that you do not withhold yourself. Awaken us. We know that you always want to be with us. And we want to be with you too. So we ask for that moment now. That your presence would come. Thank you, Father. Now stay right there. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit a question and I'm going to give you time to hear him. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal something in our journey all the way across the wilderness, our walk with you. We're going to ask you to bring to our remembrance something that we've forgotten, something that tells the truth about your character. I ask you, Lord, for each of us in our own intimacy that you would reveal something we've forgotten and you want us to remember so that we walk in who you are. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we just declare, we thank you for everything you've just revealed. And we just want to declare before a spiritual audience right now, we remember we're with our spirit, we are declaring that was you. That was you, Jesus. That that you brought to my remembrance is who you are. And that supersedes anything else I'm going through right now. Who you are is enough for me to know you. 
and to walk in that reality. Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you empower each of us, every one of us, to walk in that reality of who you are that you just revealed. In fact, Lord, I want to I conclude with this prayer. My, my spirit just wants to ask you for more powerful things to remember. I have so many powerful things from my past, but I know that, you, that I will never get to the end of your infinity, to the end of your goodness. And so I'm asking you, Lord, over your church, over the body of Christ, that, that you would begin creating more powerful things to remember, greater revelations and outpourings of your spirit, your miracles going out across this earth our witness becoming more powerful because we're knowing you more lord would you give us things to remember that are so powerful it blows away our past experience in the name of jesus we're hungry for that we want to have a witness where we're people that carry the presence of your presence in such a way that the community can't deny that we're we are the people who who have your presence, who know you. We witness to your goodness that you're good all the time. You're good all the time. We worship you. You are good all the time. All the time. You are our God. We thank you that we're your beloved children. We're your family. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Amen. Love you, Jesus. God bless you all. Be blessed. Be a remembering people.